a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their house, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed, cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the, on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the works of his hand, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. All Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and kill the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across, across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Let us pray. Precious Lord, loving Heavenly Father, we want to thank and praise you, Lord Jesus, for giving us this opportunity to come to your presence and worship you freely. Lord Jesus, uh, as we sit in your presence, Lord Father, we want to pray the Dhammad quite in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord Father, and also we pray, want to pray for your servant. As he speaks from your word, Lord Jesus, help us that we might all be attentive and give him enough grace, Lord Jesus, as he speaks from your word. We ask all of this in and through the precious name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Good morning, everyone. Uh, when I was preparing as to what I would share, and eventually when God put the book of Job in my mind, and uh, when I was contemplating on what this, this book is all about, and we would be studying the book of Job uh, as and when uh, God gives me the opportunity. But uh, today when we look at chapter 1, uh, there were two people who came into my mind. 
uh, one was a famous uh, Malayalam songwriter. And uh, both these people uh, that I'm going to tell, uh, their response at the time of trouble, uh, basically trusting God when uh, times are not that good, when everything seems dull, when everything seems without hope, uh, the responses of these two people uh, really encouraged me, and that's how uh, I started uh, the study of Book of Job. So this Malaram uh, songwriter, um, um, he was uh, uh, with his wife, and his wife was nine months uh, pregnant, and uh, she was about to deliver, and uh, he didn't have any money uh, to take her to the hospital, and uh, they were at their home, and he was sitting next to his wife, uh, at the bedside and uh, you know he was telling his wife trust in the Lord I think everything should be fine and it was raining heavily outside so even if he wanted to take his wife he could not because at that time he didn't have any car and it's uh, you know uh, uh, you know and he was very sad and uh, he didn't know whether his wife would survive whether his child would survive and uh, uh, throughout the night uh, he was praying and his wife was in uh, pain and uh, she was screaming and, uh, you know, and it was a very difficult situation for him. Uh, in that time, there was a knock at the door around uh, 2 a.m. in the morning and uh, uh, he opened the door and there was this lady and uh, she said that, uh, you know, my car broke down and th those days there was this ambassador who was considered to be, you know, the famous you know, a rich man's car, and, uh, you know, this lady's car broke down. And, um, you know, she said that it's raining heavily, and I saw the light in your home. I thought you might be awake. Can I just stay here for a while? And while she was saying this, she could hear someone screaming from inside in pain. So she goes on to ask him, you know, what's happening inside? And he says that my wife is in labor, but I don't have money. I cannot take her to the hospital and... You know, it's very difficult. Uh, I don't know. And she said, I'm a doctor. And, uh, you know, you do one thing. You stand here, get me these things, and uh, let me do the delivery. And uh, the baby was born, and uh, it was a joyous moment for this person. And uh, he penned this song uh, in Malalam. It goes, Anugrahitin Adipadiye, Anandakruba Perum Nadiye. This was written by Emmy Cherian. Uh, if you know that, uh, you know, he was a famous songwriter. Trusting God when the times are bad and praying and giving God all the glory. There's another songwriter and uh, his events were much more tragic. Uh, he lost two of his sons. Uh, he, he lost his son at the age of two in the great Chicago fire. And, uh, you know, then uh, his business hit the lowest run and uh, there was economic downturn in 1873 and he lost everything. Then his wife and four daughters were traveling uh, through the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, eventually he gets a letter that only his wife survived. Saved alone is the, you know, cryptic message that he got, and he lost four of his daughters. And he wanted to travel to meet his grieved wife. And while he was traveling, he was also passing through the Atlantic Sea, and at the same point, the captain would have come and told him that this is the point where the other ship drowned and uh, four of your daughters died here itself. And it was a grief moment for him. And uh, Spafford, who was the songwriter, he beautifully wrote, 
it is well it is well with my soul when we look at the book of job it's one of a kind in the whole uh, word of god a long dramatic dialogue in poetic poetic form originally written in hebrew language uh, this book was entirely in poetry you know book recounts an era in the life of job in which he was tested and the character of god was revealed many passages in the new testament says that you know the job was a real person it he was not an imaginary person you know paul himself quotes in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 19 for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in god's sight as it is written he catches the wise in their craftiness paul quotes this from job chapter 5 verse 13 job also mentions uh, uh, james also mentioned job uh, in his uh, letter james 5 verse 11 and he says that as you know we count as blessed those who have persevered you have heard of job perseverance and have seen what lord has finally brought about the lord is full of compassion and mercy the author of book of job is unknown while many suggest it could be job himself uh, but that could not be true because uh, god never revealed to job as to what happened in heaven the conversation between him and satan and all those things were never revealed to him uh so you know the possibility of job being the author is very less uh, some suggest it could be moses uh you know uh because moses uh, lived for 40 years in uh, maiden and uh, you know that was few miles away from uh, where job was residing that's us uh some suggest that he would have come to know about the story of moses and uh, led by the spirit to write the book but again there's no a uh, confirmation around it some says it could be solomon some says it could be elihu isaiah jeremiah ezra so there are a lot of uh, assumptions but uh, nothing is written concrete as to who is the author of book of job but as to the book uh, events in the book it is widely believed that job lived prior to the birth of abraham or sometime in the same period okay um, now why i say that is uh, uh, if you look at uh, chapter 1 verse 5 uh uh post the feast you know he uh you know job used to uh put uh, sacrifices for his own family you know for his sons and daughters right and uh, job was priest for his own family though there is no mention of exodus or the law of moses uh this type of family priesthood belonged to the patriarchal period another reason uh, why i believe that uh you know he he could have lived somewhere uh, you know when abraham was living or somewhere prior to that because his wealth was determined by cattle and other animals largely portraying the patriarchal period and uh, another thing that's mentioned about job is he lived for 200 years now this age span was characteristic of an era immediately preceding abraham right so he might be in the same period or maybe a little before abraham uh, you know when he lived in the land of uz In 17th century uh John Hutchinson preached around 316 sermons from the book of Job and uh, more famously Joseph Carroll preached around 424 sermons over the period of 23 years and even in his last sermon he said that I have not completely attained the clear understanding of some of the passages from the book of Job uh while we read this uh, go through the journey uh you know uh, you know in the book of Job there are some major questions that comes across you know questions of why why me why suffering why so much why now 
Why in this particular way? Then there are some theological issues or philosophical issues that comes into picture. You know, the relationship between suffering and sin, uh, between good and evil. Is God sovereign and uh, not willing? Or if he's willing, not sovereign? So there are a lot of uh, such issues that comes across and we will be addressing those. Then there is an issue of theodicy, uh, justification ways of God. How is God just in the immensity of our suffering? You know, there are a lot of issues that comes across. But Job's story is recorded for us so that we'll have some help in living through these calamities in trusting while trusting God uh, and uh, looking at his sovereign goodness. Most of our grief and pain does not come as a clear punishment of our sins, right? Uh, most of it comes out of nowhere and baffles why it's happening. Why it's happening now. You know, I've been doing everything what God has commanded. Uh, but why now? Why me? When we look at some of the people who have gone through certain sufferings in their life, we look at them and say, you know, he was a godly man. Why did it happen to him? We don't know. That's why the book of Job is so relevant for us. Job's suffering seems to come out of nowhere and have no connection to his character. His uh, story is recorded for us to truly believe in the sovereign goodness of our God and Savior. So we are going to talk about the sovereignty and the mercy and compassion and suffering. Uh, in the opening chapter, what we just read, uh, it is a prologue. So chapter 1 and chapter 2 is a prologue of Job's suffering. And uh, we have made to understand by the writer about Job. Uh, then we have some uh, knowledge about Satan. We have uh, uh, introduction to God himself. Uh, then we read about Job's suffering. Uh, as we go on to read the further chapters of Job, we come to know that there are three friends and there's a conversation between these three friends and Job. Uh, then we know that this uh, guy comes out of nowhere, Elihu. And then there's a conversation recorded between Elihu and Job. And eventually, it is God who himself speaks to Job uh, in the final chapters. In the chapter 1, we are introduced to three principal characters. And uh, we look at these three characters and try to draw applications uh, from the given passage. Uh, the three characters that's mentioned here is Job himself, uh, then uh, there is Satan, and uh, then there is God. Uh, let's look at Job, right? And, uh, you know, like I said, he is, uh, uh, I suppose, to be, uh, suppose him to be a historical person. Even Ezekiel 14 mentions him alongside with Abraham. If you read Ezekiel 14, uh, he is mentioned alongside with Abraham. He probably lived at the time of Abraham or a little bit before that, and he comes from a land of Uz uh, that was somewhere in the Arabian desert. Uh, we know that he was not an Israelite, and uh, there's no lineage mention of him. You know, Apart from Book of Job, we don't know who his father's forefathers were, or we don't know post that you know, what happened to his sons and what were the descendants, and after that, we don't know any lineage uh, mention of uh, Job. But what is his character and blessings that's mentioned? In uh, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says that he was blameless, he was upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. If suffering is intended as a punishment for evil, uh, Job is not a likely candidate, right? He was someone who lived a God-fearing, God-honoring, 
a sincere life of integrity. And it's what's mentioned is he was blameless. He was upright. One who feared God and turned away from evil. That's, that's verse 1 itself. Talking about the character of Job. Verse 2 and 3 talks about his blessings. It says that he had seven sons and three daughters. And uh, about his position and wealth, it's mentioned he has 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yokes of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. It's mentioned that he had huge property, and his wealth was measured um, you know, in terms of the cattle that he possessed. Okay, and uh, he was blessed with ten children, seven sons and three daughters. And there's something interesting mentioned about him. It says that he was the greatest of all men uh, of the East. You know, it was Solomon had the similar explanation that was given about him. You know, Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all men of the East. That's written in First King 4.30. You know, only Job and Solomon, something like this has been mentioned in the Bible. Greatest of all men of the East. So he was very famous. He was very rich. God had blessed him with ten children. And he was one of the godliest men to ever walk on the face of the earth at that point in time. Verse 4 and 5 talks about um, two interesting things. Uh, it, you know, so there were his sons and daughters holding feast uh, you know, uh, with each other. And they used to drink. They used to eat. And Job was very worried about them. Okay, and uh, you know he had two massive concerns as a loving father. One, whether his sons and daughters were giving enough glory to God, you know, and he was really concerned about that. About that, and uh, what he used to do was he used to offer sacrifices for his sons and daughters, thinking that they would have cursed God. So you know, let me do the needful. Second thing that we come to know about the character of Job is he was a loving father. He really cared about his ten children. Right, uh, while his ch- children were enjoying drinking wine and eating, you know, lavish food, and they might be enjoying, they might be dancing, but Job was really worried about his children. Job loved his children, so he used to offer sacrifices. He was a loving father. Three times we are told in the opening chapter, once in the second chapter, that he was blameless, he was upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. These four characteristics of Job is mentioned by the author in the opening verse and by God himself in chapter 1, uh, verse 8 and 2, verse 13. God himself is testifying about Job, about these four characters that's mentioned here. His godliness showed he was perhaps, like I said, one of the godliest person to walk on the face of the earth at that point in time. He was very wealthy. He was married. He had 10 kids living a very peaceful life. But what we read next is, it goes completely upside down for it, right? Uh, all his ten children dies, he loses everything, and, uh, you know, the calamity hits. Let's read from Job uh, 1 verse 13. It talks about Job's calamity. It was one of those days of feast when all the ten children were gathered in home of the oldest brother. Then a messenger came to Job and tells him that the Sebians have attacked and stolen all his oxen and uh, the donkeys. And they killed all the servants with them. Then in verse 16, another messenger comes to him and says that the fire of God had fallen and destroyed all his sheep and the servants with them. Then in verse 17, 
another messenger comes and says the chaldeans had raided the camel herd and taken all of them and killed the servants and finally verse 18 and 19 a messenger comes and tells all of his children were crushed to death when a tornado collapsed the house notice the first two calamities that mentioned were caused by the evil men you know the sabians and the chaldeans was 15 and was 17 the other two uh, i used to work in an insurance company it's called the acts of god uh, you know basically the earthquake the fire and uh, you know all those things the acts of god so the rest two were uh, you know the acts of god as per you know in today's terminology so two were very uh, you know two evil uh, group of people attacked and you know he had to face that and the rest two were uh, so called the acts of god now this setting up for us is a suffering that he goes through and that he experiences is not because he was not a godly man now we understand uh, uh when ungodly people suffer or at least we want to think that ungodly people ought to suffer you know is what our understanding is if any anyone should suffer on this earth it should be the ungodly people is the way we think right but the problem of the book of job is here is a godly man okay god himself has testified about him you know in fact the godliest man at that time to walk on the earth greatest of all uh, on the, uh, in the east is what is mentioned about him and he has experienced this trauma this enormous suffering being a godly man now we have some you know we we know that the four statements of the godliness of job mentioned in chapter 1 and chapter 2 corroborates job's insistence that he is innocent he is an innocent man going through a lot of suffering is what job thinks now we have a problem with the term innocent some might say that nobody is innocent but job was innocent he was not sinless but he was innocent you know since he is a descendant of adam born in sin so you know he was definitely uh, with sin but in this particular case he was innocent because there's no particular sin mentioned in the book of job which can be related to the suffering that he is going through from that point of view this example is of a innocent man going through a great trauma and suffering you know i'm just trying to build the character of job and who he is and you know what he is going through another example that's mentioned in gospel of john chapter 9 um it's mention of a man who was born blind um you know and disciple ask if you remember this whose sin was it him or his parents and jesus gives a beautiful answer and we can relate that answer here and jesus says it's neither of them but the works of god might be manifested in him you know and that's that's pretty much the theme of the book of job jesus says that it's neither of them but the works of god might be manifested in him so this corroborates job's claim to innocence but this also enhances one problem why does a godly man suffer why does a godly man suffer all of us sitting here you know we believe in god we, we believe in uh, him to be all powerful all sovereign but the question is job is a innocent man he's a godly man he fears god he is blameless he is one who fears god he loves god he obeys all the commandments but he is a godly man who is going through suffering 
in one day job's life turns upside down through successive storms he loses everything he loses his wealth he loses his capital his income in our present times if you have to talk you know your your stock market suddenly crashes you you lose your you know all your savings and you know there's a sudden downturn uh, you know in in the market and you lose everything and that's what's happening with job but all this is happening in one single day most importantly he loses his 10 children we looked at one of the characters characteristics of job that he was a loving father he really cared about his children but here we read 10 of his children dead in one single day along with all his properties all his wealth getting destroyed a loving father who cared about his children for us to even imagine one of her you know children me being a father of two i can, I, i cannot fathom if something happens to my children imagine one children that we feel so much of pain if they go through something he loses his 10 children whom he loved so much well this is nothing because in next chapter when we read next time he loses his health as well you know things go from bad to worse for him but in chapter 1 job is going through experiences that is terrible mind numbing and we cannot fathom that if we think from our own understanding that's job but there's someone else mentioned in the book of job and that's satan turn with me to verse 6 onwards 6 to 10 now there was a day when the sons of god came to the present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them here the sons of gods that mention are the angels the lord said to satan where have you come from satan answered to the lord said from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it and the lord said to satan have you considered my servant job there is none like him on the earth a blameless upright man who fears god and turn away from evil then satan answers to the lord and said does job fear god for no reason have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side you have blessed the works of his hand and his position have increased in the land but stretch out your hands and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face is what is mentioned about job so uh, mentioned about satan so here let's let's look at this so satan spends all his time going to and fro on the earth is what is mentioned uh, moving around the earth in you know he's seeing all his people he's seeing you know godly people he's seeing uh, doing a survey right and uh, 1 peter 5 verse 8 if you remember this you know it's mentioned that satan prowls like a roaring lion seeking to devour faith god here god puts a trophy in front of satan you know and that's job and uh, you know and god delights in job so much and god is introducing job to satan here the second character here that's mentioned about satan right and he is the adversary it's more than a title than a name right he this is who he is he is an adversary he is a opposer he does not appear anywhere else uh you know apart from chapter 1 and 2 in the book of job uh, now that's more of a puzzlement for me right uh he doesn't appear in the conversation uh you know uh, of the conversation between the friends and job he doesn't appear in conversation between elihu and 
uh, Job himself, then eventually, not by name at least, uh, he doesn't appear in the conversation between God and Job himself. Uh, though some discern that, some say that the character of Leviathan and Behemoth, behind these characters, uh, there was an illusion of Satan. Uh, well, say, they say that, but there's no clear mention of Satan uh, in, in the book of Job by name, uh, apart from chapter 1 and chapter 2. So there are 42 chapters. Next 40 chapters is all about what Job goes through emotionally. But Satan is only mentioned in these two chapters. So what is this text saying? Well, text says that there was the one day when Satan also came along, the sons of God, that the angels, and uh, sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The point here is Satan is giving an account to Almighty God. It's important for us to know that. This is not the case of dualism, the the reason of your suffering is because of equal power of good and evil. No. Satan came to give an account to God the Almighty. In verse 7 we read that the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered to the Lord, Going to and fro on the earth, walking up and down on it. And the uh, Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him. And Satan says, Does Job fear God for no reason? Well, there are many things that emerge here. First of all, uh, there is a connection between Satan and suffering. The, the reason why Job suffered has to do something with Satan, but that's not the complete answer here. So who is it? Who introduces the idea of Job to Satan? It is God himself. See, when I, when I read this, I understand that God is in our suffering. God is in our trial. God is the one who introduces Job to Satan. Indeed, we get an impression that Satan cannot lift a finger unless God gives an approval. Satan cannot lift a finger unless God gives an approval. In the course of first chapter, Satan is given the permission, permission to engage with Job. But he cannot touch him, is what God mentioned. But in the second chapter, God allows Satan to touch Job and he becomes very sick. A sickness that was life-threatening. But when I read these passages, right, who sets the barrier? Who sets the limit? Who sets the coordinate within which Satan can operate? It's important for us to know that it is God and God does it. God sets the barrier. God sets the limit. God sets the coordinate within which Satan can operate. Satan is a liar. <laughs> he is a cheat. He is the one who misinterprets. He is the one who you know, likes to put down the people of God. But for us, it's important to know that he doesn't have the ultimate authority. Then comes the question, if God is sovereign over everything, then why there is trial? Why there is difficulty? It is because we live in a supernatural world of good and evil. We live in a world where Satan exists. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world. We have to reckon that. Job chapter 1 tells us to reckon the presence and the activity and the reality of Satan. He hates God. He is pure evil. He lives out his existence in order to overthrow the purpose of God. He gets to God's people, people like Job, people like you. Satan's aim is to destroy our joy in God and thus 
by doing this belittle god god should have said you know i didn't need, i don't need to prove anything to satan i know the heart of my servant job and uh, that's enough for me he could have said that but he didn't god chooses to get an open victory over satan for his own glory satan challenges god you know what you have built a fence around job and therefore he doesn't curse you you lift a, lift your hands give him to me and he will curse you on your face job challenges satan if god wanted he could have said you know what i don't have to prove anything but god allowed that to happen the test that will show the heart of job himself it will show the heart of job that god himself is more highly esteemed than any other position or any other family member we'll read that when we come to the final verses of chapter 1 so that's mentioned about satan you know he's there to destroy our joy in god and thus by doing that be little god he's challenging god in, in in when god introduces job to satan that you who have built a fence around job you have blessed him in everything that he does do one thing remove that fence remove that fence remove your blessings and he will curse you on your face and job is challenging but god allows satan to go ahead and uh, engage with job only commandment that was given do not touch him now comes god himself we talk about the problem of pain right the problem of pain in chapter 1 well we understand pain we understand there is pain and suffering in the world the question again arises is why does god does something to prevent it if he is sovereign if he has all the authority over the creation why doesn't he do anything about it though the explanation of this particular questions are not mentioned in chapter 1 it will eventually come as the answers as we read the book of job but the response of job in verse 21 gives pretty much a clear picture of what god does and why he does and how he is sovereign if you remember job chapter 1 verse 21 if you can turn with me we'll read from 20 and 21 then job arose and tore his robe shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped and he said naked i came from my mother's womb and naked shall i return the lord gave the lord taken away lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord these are very beautiful words if you look at the context that job has said this a man who lost everything in one single day maybe in matter of few hours he lost everything he lost his 10 children uh the response is amazing because this response doesn't come after one day of mourning or one week of mourning or one month of mourning or maybe one year of excluding himself from the people his wife and uh, maybe his friends no this response come from job immediately he's getting news bad news after one after the other right someone comes you know what your donkeys and your uh, you know oxens have been taken uh, you know they have taken your sheep they have taken all your property uh, your sons and daughters have died and it's all one after the other he's getting this news if a normal man like you and me we would have gone in state of shock our natural response would be to be silent 
or to cry, ask why this is happening. But look at the response of Job. The reflex of a godly man's heart is this. He blesses the name of the Lord. What he says is, God gave and God took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When I read these verses, I understand that Job is acknowledging the sovereignty of God in his suffering. You and me, you are sitting here, right? And uh, I assume most of us have the experience of salvation. We believe that God sent his only son to die for you and me. And we believe in the sacrificial death of this lamb and that he rose again on the third day. And we believe that all our sins have been forgiven, past, present and future. And today when the father sees us, he sees the same righteousness that he sees in his son. So we can call ourselves as godly people, right? Can we call ourselves godly people? Yes, we can. Reflex of a godly man's heart. What is the reflex of your heart? I'm not sure what suffering that you have gone through or any suffering that you might be going through or any suffering that you might go through. But what is the reflex of your heart? Here we see a reflex of a godly man's heart that Job himself, what is his reflex? Immediately he falls down on his knees and says, Lord gave and Lord took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the reflex of a godly man's heart. He is acknowledging that God is sovereign in his suffering. God is sovereign in his pain. He's saying, Lord, you gave everything to me. Today you have taken everything back. All I want to do is bless your name. Reflects of a godly man's heart. Job teaches us to persevere in our in the incomprehensible ways of God in our life. We cannot comprehend why things happen. Or we cannot completely comprehend why things happen. For some, sometimes we are able to. But sometimes we are just not able to understand why this is happening. But Job's story, chapter 1 at least tells us to persevere in the sovereign goodness of God. While we understand that Job will go through much more in chapter 2, but it's more of the emotional journey that he goes from chapter 3 onwards till 42. You know, the ups and downs, the emotions, the challenges. That, you know what, I did everything. But why me? Why this is happening? I didn't do any sin. Because his friends will come and say, all your suffering is because of sin in your life. And he's telling, you know what, I didn't do any sin. I don't know why I'm going through. And it's an emotional journey that Job goes through. And we will go that along with him. But in chapter 1, his response is, He's willing to give God all glory and he's willing to believe that God is sovereign in his suffering. A reflex of a godly man's heart is he blesses the name of the Lord. He acknowledges that God is sovereign in his suffering. So what are the personal applications that we can draw? There are two things that I would like to point your attention to. One is Affirm with all your hearts the absolute sovereignty of God in your life. Psalmist says, that's David in 115 verse 3, he says God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. 
can we believe that do we really believe what david is saying here god is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases if you turn with me to james chapter 1 james chapter 1 verses 2 3 and 4 it says james reminds all his brothers that count it all joy my brothers when you meet with trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its own full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing even james is telling count it all joy my brothers second application that we can draw is trust in the goodness of god in psalm 63 verse 3 it talks about the steadfast love of the lord is better than the life when your calamities come i only pray that lord gives you enough grace to affirm the sovereignty of god in your sufferings we need to understand that there are matters in heaven uh, going on in heaven with god that believers know nothing about there are a lot of matters going in heaven we don't know anything about but we know that our god is sovereign over everything we read about satan right he cannot even lift his finger without getting a permission from god he has to give god account of everything if you and me goes through something and sometimes it's difficult for us to fathom why that's happening the book of job at least the chapter 1 tells us you know what a reflex of a godly man's heart is just to bless the name of the lord acknowledge god is sovereign in our suffering suffering may be intense but it will end ultimately end for the righteous and god will bless each and every one of you abundantly is what i can tell you my dear brothers and sisters i will just request all of you to close your heart uh, close your eyes for just 2 minutes this chapter 1 of job is a very common chapter for all of us we have read it many times but what's important for us to understand is you can be blameless you can be upright you can be one who fears god you can be one who always turn away from evil but it doesn't guarantee you a life that is without suffering job was a righteous man job was a blameless and upright man yet god allowed certain sufferings in his life god allowed satan to engage with job things goes from bad to worse for him he doesn't lose just his properties wealth his children but eventually he will lose his health as well and is going to even become bad because when his friends come and start accusing him that there might be some sin in your life they come and tell him that you don't fear god enough the emotional journey that he goes through i'm very sure that we might also go through the same thing i'm very sure that we as children of god might go through the same journey as job but what's important for us is to understand is god is sovereign the creator of the ends of the earth creator of you and me 
He created the entire universe just by His words. He said, let there be light and there was light. Just by His words, things came, into, things came into existence. He's the same God who made you and me. The creator. The author of our life. There are many questions that the book of Job comes across, right? Why? Why there is suffering? Why a godly man has to suffer? But the response of Job is what I leave you with today. I leave you with a response of a godly man's heart. He says, God gave and God took it away. My prayer for you and me is, when that suffering comes, and it might come soon, we may be able to respond like Job. We may be able to bless God. We may be able to bless the name of the Lord and say that God gave and Lord took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let all of us as believers, as born again children, let us remember that God is sovereign in our sufferings. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you Lord for your word. Thank you Lord for the life of Job. Lord, as we read that he was blameless, he was upright, he was one who feared God, he was one who always turned away from evil, he was a loving father, concerned about his children, yet, Lord, you allowed certain sufferings, certain trials to come into his life. Lord, as we ponder about Job's life and we try to look at applications for us as born-again believers living in the period of grace. Lord, we want to acknowledge that, Lord, you are sovereign over every aspect of our life. Lord, whether it's joy or whether it's suffering, Lord, we want to say that you are sovereign. Lord, we want to say thank you for being in control over every situation that we go through. Lord, I pray for the church. Lord, we, I personally don't know what each of us might be going through. But Lord, you know their heart. Lord, you are the author of their life. Lord, I pray that in the week to come, Lord, you speak to them personally and reveal your plans for them. Lord, we pray that each and every one of us sitting here, Lord, give us the strength. Give us the wisdom that, Lord, you hold everything in your hand. Without your permission, not even leaf can be moved, Lord. And we know that you are in control. And if that calamity comes, if that suffering comes in any of our life, Lord, help us to stand and testify. You gave and you took it away. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done. In Jesus Christ's most precious name we pray. Amen.